Welcome to the People Doing Good podcast. I'm Mariah Volk. And I'm Jerry Robinson. And if this is your first time listening to our podcast, we're all about spreading positivity by sharing stories of people doing good and talking about positive things, trying to spread the love, right, Jerry? You're absolutely correct, Mariah. I like your hat today. Jerry's wearing a white Raider hat. Normally he wears the black Raider hat. Yeah, I thought I'd change it up a little bit, you know. It's time to get out of that darkness for a minute and and, and, and get into the light, step into the light. So that's, so, what we're, that's what so. our podcast is all about, you guys. So follow us on social media, People Doing Good Podcast, uh, One Good Podcast. That's the number one good podcast on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Jerry has a great Instagram account. What's your Instagram, Jerry? Jerry Robinson 5657. Check that out, guys. And And today on our program, our focus is on restaurants and today one restaurant in particular the KNL Bistro in Sebastopol California um, and as I was reflecting this morning on the restaurant business and, and my life in restaurants I worked in restaurants for over 10 years and um, it becomes a family and this happens to be a family-owned restaurant in Sebastopol Karen and Lucas 20 years ago opened up the KNL Bistro did you ever go there Jerry no, but I plan on going there. By the time uh, our listeners hear this podcast, I am going to, well, I'm going to have to go order something and take out. But uh, no, I've heard some wonderful things about that about that place. So now that uh, we've actually spoke to them and we've seen them on the Zoom cast and uh, Lucas just happens to be a fellow UCLA Bruin like myself. So right. I'm going to just go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help out and go, you know what, instead of me cooking dinner, I'm going to go in and I'm going to put an order in and, and help them out because, uh, you know, like you said earlier, Marais, that restaurant business is really suffering. Everybody's suffering. Every industry, every business is suffering. And, you know, uh, but you hear a lot about, you know, restaurants having to shut down or they can't do this, they can't do that. And thank God we were able to talk to Karen and Lucas about, you know, what's happening in, in their world, in their restaurant. So, yeah. Right. It's important right now to support our local businesses. And we all love going out to happy hour and going out to dinner and getting to know the staff at our local restaurants. And in order to keep that alive, when we come out of this quarantine, if you want to be able to go out to a restaurant, you got to continue to support them while they're doing the takeout. And um, that's what this is all about. So today, please enjoy our interview, our conversation with Karen and Lucas of K&L Bistro in Sebastopol. I just want to thank you guys for joining us on our show today, and I want to start from the beginning. If you can share with our listeners how KNL Bistro came to be. Lucas and I met in San Francisco. We worked at a restaurant near the Opera House in San Francisco for many, many, many years. She was super pregnant. We just had our baby shower in Los Angeles, and we got home like at one in the morning, and had all the presents and everything, and we did want to unpack the car. Because I was like eight months pregnant, and we lived in a walk-up, three-story three walk-up. And we had a crib and all, yeah, all this stuff, and we didn't want to unpack it. So in the morning, we go out there, and someone has smashed the window and taken everything. And oh. that, that was the third time our car has been smashed into where we lived at that time. And at that point, we literally said, 
we, we can't live like this anymore. And we just got in the car and we drove north, not having any destination. We didn't talk to each other. We were just pissed. <laughs> Bro broken window, winds flying in there. And um, we felt, got into a little town called Hillsburg, which we'd never even heard of, and had lunch and saw a place that was for sale. And we got into escrow, uh, which is now, what is it called? It was the Parish Cafe for a while. I don't know what it is now. Anyways, right as you go into town, it's that, it's that little yellow house on the left hand side. Oh, it was this. Was it the Single Tree Inn? No, no. it's a past that, like a block past that. I'm still on that same side. Yeah, but um, it was nasty olive oil, and we got into escrow. We put a deposit down, and then some guy in the city council, when I was filing papers, pulled me aside. I still don't know who it is. He's like, "You do not want to get involved with this business. They don't have any permits. They're operating illegally." and you're gonna get all these tax stuff for water usage. And it was freaking us out. So we, we, we lost our deposit, got out of the escrow, and we drove south, and then we wanted to take the coast home. So we got on the 12, and we stopped in this town called Sebastopol, which we'd never even heard of, never even existed. So we parked in front of the building here and walked to Hotmont, what was then the powerhouse. Yeah to have lunch and there was a Keegan and Copen sign in the window. So we called the number and had lunch and in an hour the guy called us back and literally signed a lease and built the restaurant out. It was like Mama Luna's clothing yeah, store. Yeah, it, right? it was a dress shop. It wasn't, there was not, there was nothing in here. It was just a shell. So what year was this? 2000. 2000. Okay, so we're 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But that's the, the, the broken window of the car is what prompted us to leave the city and, for that time because it was time to go <laughs> yeah yeah we had we have done everything we wanted to do there we were ready to do our, our own thing yeah but it's kind of funny little you know yeah so we built we built that place gosh just like for a song it cost us nothing it was a little i mean it cost us every penny we had at the time um, <clears throat> but it was tiny you know did you did you ever go to the old place no yeah, it's oh, teeny. It was 30, 35 seats, and we just oh, had, good day, yeah. we had we had beer and wine. It was really it was like a real honest to god French bistro, you know. Like we tried real hard to make just what we call like French soul food, and we did. You know, people loved it when we first opened. People just felt like it was their spot, you know. Like people were so just territorial about it and it was just so beloved you know it was just like this is my restaurant you know like this is our little hole in the wall that's so wonderful and yeah it was it was it was it was really special but we didn't make you know, it you know, that, that's success we, we definitely hit a nerve yeah but uh, you know what though uh you guys it's, it's something about when you find the food that you like you will travel no matter what distance it may be because you know it's like being home you know, yeah. like, you know, like my mom, you know, there's certain things that she could make. And if I could, you know, if I, when I found a place that made something of her dish just like that, I'm going there the whole time. So, you know, uh, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny problem to have. Like, um, yeah. as, as, she, as chefs, it kind of like we, we certain things we couldn't take off the menu. They burn the place up, you know, so we <laughs> ended up having to make the same food all the time. So it's a good problem to have. But creatively, sometimes it can be a, a double-edged kind of thing. So, well, and another big appeal of K and L is the soccer, oh. Lucas. 
Well, now, yeah, now it is, yeah. So could you share with us about your, your soccer history? I was telling Jerry you were quite a player. Um, well, I played professionally. Well, back then, the leagues were different then, you know. It wasn't uh -huh. like you made enough money to drink on Saturday night, basically. <laughs> um, so you, it was definitely a labor of love um, and played sort of semi-pro from about 15 on and then played for the U.S. in the Youth World Cup. And then I played about six times with the senior national team. And then I broke my femur really badly in, the, in a scooter accident. And I kind of was, I just played like semi-pro after that. Um, my national, any kind of aspirations at that level were gone. I was 19, so. But um, played a bunch in L.A. and uh, up and down the coast, played in San Francisco. And I'll, I'll, you know, this is before the MLS where people were really making good money. Um, so it's definitely, it's great. I, made, I mean, I've got lifelong friends. Um, I got a lot of stories. Um, and uh, I was very fortunate. I was very, very lucky to have the experience that I had. Got to travel a lot. And, um, and you know, all over Europe and Russia and Brazil and all the Caribbean. So I've led a very lucky, blessed life. You know what? You know, congratulations on that because I tell you what is, you see, you've had that opportunity to have your dream. You've experienced your dream as a young man involved in athletics, growing up, and you know what it's like. And I tell you what, the first sport I ever played was soccer. Really? Okay, because I wanted to be like Pele. Yeah, That's my whole yeah. thing. I was. This is back in the '60s, and you know there was no money in soccer oh. in the United States. And I had to look around. I said, you know what, brother can't get paid trying to be like Pele, and I'm not going to to Brazil, you know. So, uh, but I did enjoy soccer. Soccer, as a matter of fact, the very first injury, athletic injury I've ever had in my entire life was playing soccer. You know. I sprained my wrist, but boy, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. I tried to get out of school for 10 years. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, man, congratulations on the soccer career. You know, I'm glad you had a chance to experience that. Oh, it's great. And now it's, I get to watch my kids play now. And my wife played in college. Um, we're, we're a soccer family. And that big poster, Mariah, that's her dad up there. I don't know if you know that. I, someone told me there's a poster in KNL of, of Karen's dad. It's yeah. yeah. So my and, point in bringing up the soccer thing was that um, anyone who wants to watch a soccer game, football match, yeah. KNL is the place to go. There's not another it, place that, that features soccer the way that you have. No, and it's the beauty. It's, it's, a, it's a common thing that binds people together. I mean, we get all kinds of people that call and I just say, hey, can I come and watch the game? You know, it's really, it's really it's it's really great yeah it's a nice community and it's always really family oriented you know guys will come in with their kids and their wives sometimes they're with their moms you know it's like it's really it's a generational thing and yeah it touches a lot of people yeah it's it's wonderful and then so moving forward in the story of KNL to bring us closer to present day we're coming up on the remodel right when you yes. expanded so how did that all go down with the expansion well, we were actually at a sort of a crossroads in our, in our career here because the, the restaurant before was so small, was, we basically were not making any money and working a ton. And our kids were getting to a certain age where if we were gonna make a decision about moving and trying to do something else, we didn't wanna let them get too far into high school and have to pull them out. Right. So 
and then it's just, it was this weird just confluence of events that literally happened within a week because we had made it as we were looking online every day every night like in Seattle and Portland and just things where we thought we could have a market share with a bigger place and then one of the the tenant at the far end of the building she just skipped skipped town and the whole building became available to us from our landlady who 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 loves us and um she it's gonna sound cliche but she made us an offer we kind of couldn't refuse and uh and then we went heavily into debt to remodel it and now we're, now we're paying it all back in a pandemic <laughs> it seemed like a really good idea five years ago <laughs> and it was and you know it's beautiful the remodel is beautiful and it's been just one of my favorite places to be in this town and so so now with with COVID, when when you first had to shut down, was this around March March seventeenth, eighteenth? Do you remember? Fifteenth. It was on the fifteenth. The Ides of March, man. And how did that all go down for you? How, how did you receive the information? You know that it was time and. Well, it was really weird because so my buddy Peter was here, who you know, um, yeah, I call him my consigliere. He's kind of my my consultant with a lot of things because he's very rational almost irritatingly so but, um he keeps me from making harsh decisions but he was here and the news was on and our neighbor matthew who runs the mother's ruin he, he came over and uh, there were a bunch of us here for, uh, for we about watching. four hours we were watching soccer and then the uh and then business owners were coming in it's like what are you going to do what are you going to do yeah so it was kind of like we all yeah was, none of it, us knew none yeah. of us knew anything it wasn't like somebody called you and said you need to shut down there wasn't like the health department or yeah it was kind of a weird. city official it was all really kind of random and you didn't understand what was happening and then it came up on the tv oh hey God. all all bars all bars and restaurants have to close and so we just yeah it was about i mean at that point we all were just kind of staring at each other and thinking, okay, well, this will, maybe it'll be a couple weeks. You know, not that we could even handle a couple weeks yeah. financially, but we we all just kind of thought, okay, well, this will just be a you know, little, like, like a fire evacuation. Yeah, like, it'll blow over or whatever. Right. You know? And we'll just get back to work. Well, that isn't what happened, even remotely. Yeah, it's... and it's still even to this day. I've never, <laughs> I've never had someone from the health department call someone, a city council person. Nothing. We've yeah. never had anyone tell us or guide us in any way. And which you... is really, it's really hard to wrap your brain around it. Yeah. We're you're really just at your own wits, you know. Looking online, we're printing out all these pieces of paper about trying to not spread it, and mm -hmm. you know, it's just. It's and so how many employees did you have at that time? 33. Oh, oh wow. So yeah. that's 33 people out of work. Some of them had 35. been with us. Some of them have been with us for 20 years. Yeah. One, one guy had been with us since the day before we opened. Two of them. They both came in as dishwashers. Yeah. And then two of the best cooks in Sonoma County now. So um, it becomes like family. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's always, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. That's the hardest part. Yeah, I mean, like family, like some people you love and some people you don't love so much. It's <laughs> um, not getting yeah. it. <laughs> but it is, I mean, we, we have, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever worked in a restaurant, but it, it's hard work. Yeah. You know, it's really like, you guys are, and, and Jerry, maybe you'll appreciate this. I, it is a lot like playing a sport. 
like you are a team when you are out and it's and it's service time you guys are really like you gotta work together yeah. and there's a lot of camaraderie when we when yeah. we when we interview if you're if you played some sort of sports always always a plus because it means you you had uh, a yeah. the physicality of it too a lot of people don't think it's that big a deal but there's a lot of heavy lifting and stuff so you got to be some you know yeah but um just that that um, that camaraderie and that teamwork and the communication helps. you got to tell people hey yeah. i'm behind you hey i'm you know like i i got you i got that table i can help you with this yeah. like it's just there's just a lot of it's really similar to playing a sport yeah and it's the team you're absolutely right because everybody has different things to do here's our game plan this is yeah. it yeah. we got to do to execute it and like we all know, I mentioned this a, a lot about you never know what's going to be tossed up or tossed at you, and yeah. you have to be prepared yeah. to make those adjustments. And yeah. and 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 that's what that's that whole thing is about. You know what? Don't don't panic. We can get through this. But boy, when the COVID nineteen came through, now you're talking about thirty something people here. Crazy. It's like, wh how do you do? What do you, I, I would hate to be in that position. You know, because like you said. You said it's like a fam their family to you, you know, and you got to sit down and you got to have a, you have to have that conversation with them. Uh, I'm sure they've come to you guys and of course they're opening their hearts up to you, you know, and, and they're letting, I'm sure they've let you guys know how hard and difficult it is to survive. And that's got to be hard on the both of y'all to hear that. Yeah. I mean, we've got some recent situations where we have to take care of our team, which is, Karen, myself, and my two boys, you know, uh, we gotta, we, yep. you know it's, it's, we're had to make some really hard decisions and hard conversations lately. Yeah. But you know how, to, I mean, like we've got single moms, we've yeah. got people who are undocumented, like there's, you know, there's people who are really suffering, like they can't get any sort of assistance or if they can, it's not going to help them. You know, it's, um, that first, that first week, it was also kind of, we just didn't know what was happening. So we just literally, Lucas and I just, we cooked every single thing that was in the walk-in. Just made like a ton of casseroles and macaroni and cheeses and just like, but, and boxed everything up and just had everybody come in and just take everything. We were just like, get canned goods, get whatever, yeah. get, but take all the milk, all the eggs, all the cheese, all the butter, you know, like it's got to go. It can't stay here. Yeah, we got quite a... So we had, yeah. we had a... It, and it was kind of nice. Everybody came down and we drank wine and talked and just tried to send everybody home with as much food as we could. So then after that first week and maybe reality starts setting in that this is going to last longer. And, you know, some restaurants were doing takeout at that time. I don't think that you were. What was your, where were you mentally with that whole situation at that point? Um, it took, so we I tell you what we'd, we would do. We'd come down. And we would drink wine and watch CNN like every day, which was a nightmare. I mean, looking back on it, we were like, we were like addicted to it. Yeah. And, and we would sit there and just like, and finally we, went, we looked at each other and so like, we can't do this anymore. So we, we came up with a, a to-go menu that we thought was appropriate. And at that time, that's when they relaxed the, it seemed to make sense for us. It's when they relaxed the, so we could open our bar. Right. We couldn't have the dining room, but the bar was, could be open, which, was, was actually very successful with just the two of us and a bartender and that actually could have been sustainable but then they pulled that out from us and we don't really have an outdoor seating area as of yet i mean yeah. by the time we socially distance everyone it's it's like so it's like three seats yeah yeah and um even this past week though yeah it's just it's tough i mean it, you know all of our fixed costs 
are still there. Are still there. I mean, we got one of those PPP loans and it's going to run out in October. Excuse me. <clears throat> and we're going to come to another crossroad. So I don't know what we're going to do then. But if October. we can't, that's when our PPP loan is going to be uh, reconciled. Yeah. Uh, but it covers our rent and, you know, we may have to negotiate that. I don't know if she's going to be willing to, you know, there's just all these what ifs. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we still are, are, you know, our water bills or waste. It's all, it's a lot. Yeah. Insurance, all of it, you know, it's just like you can't just turn yeah. off the lights and just play dead, you know, like yeah. it's all still there. Um, right. And so with your, your to-go menu right now, um, how, how much action are you getting? How many meals a day would you say? Can you average it? Um, it's changes every week. Like Friday night was our best night since the pandemic started. And then wow. Saturday, Saturday we did two covers. Wow. Okay. So it's, it's all over the map and it's, um, it's hard to, um, it's too soon for us the way we do things to get a handle on, you know, what, what the prediction is, but it's a far cry from what we were doing. Um, right. But the beauty of it is just the two of us. I mean, you know, that's not the beauty, but I mean, you know, the, the salaries and the workman's comp and all that. I mean, we were, we were running a pretty uh, expensive restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, and without having that is, it's, it's, I mean, it's what we do anyways. We just hang out together and cook. And so that, that part's nice. Um, or it hasn't really changed. It's yeah. just, uh, I do dishes and, you know, she, oh. answers, she does all the cooking and I come out and help a little bit. But that's all fine too. You just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, well, you I know. do dishes too. <laughs> I was say she's she's the quarterback. <laughs> I'm the center. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so you guys are located in Sebastopol, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. So with your take, I mean, can you just you know let let our listeners let let them know where they can find you, what the number is. We're going to add this to the show, but okay. while we're speaking right now, let's let roll with it. Um, yeah, you can go to k klbistro.com. So no, no, and just klbistro.com. And, uh, or you can call 707-823-6614. We're open Tuesdays through Saturdays. Uh, we start answering the phone at noon uh, for pickup orders between four and eight. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, it makes yeah. sense. That's right. So when, when, when y'all are listening, when you're hearing this, just get on the phone, get the calling, get the calling. Yeah, we get in here. We get in here about eleven forty-five because that's usually when kickoff is for any league soccer game in Europe. <laughs> and uh, we just take the orders for pickup. We also do uh, great uh, cocktails to go. That's a legal thing now, which has been very popular. Um, they make great cocktails, Jerry. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's important. <laughs> so klbstro.com. That's where you can find the menu. Also, you can follow us on Facebook or yep. Instagram. Okay. Uh, we have a pretty big presence there. We try to be pretty regular with that. Um, and we've gone back to our French roots. It's 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 pretty staunchly French food again. So we're kind of making oh. the food that we love. As my wife said, like if we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down swinging and doing what we love. And uh, so we're back to the way we started 20 years ago. I love that full circle. And I've been thinking about something since we started talking, Karen. I totally gave Lucas props about his soccer past, but you were a soccer. Yeah, I played as well. I played on a club team for a long time. And then I played in high school and college. Um, I did not have as a serious career as Lucas, but um, it is a big passion of my life. Yeah. 
Well, you understand that that concept of teamwork. Let me ask you guys a question. Where'd you go? What college did you go to, you guys? I went to San Francisco State. Okay. I went to UCLA. Fellow Bruin. Fellow Is that right? Bruin. That's yeah, man. Oh, very right nice. Seventy-nine. <laughs> I went. Who was a? Uh, yeah, Troy Aikman and Donahue were there when I was there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was there. Dick Vermeil was there, and then Donnie, who took over after Dick Vermeil left. And right? you know what? Oh, yeah. And you know what? Hey, what a beautiful campus, isn't Absolutely. it? What a beautiful, beautiful campus, a beautiful city. Westwood's a beautiful city. And, you know, it's, you know, I knew there was something about you, Lucas, that I like more than this, <laughs> to be so side of it, brother. I can feel that you clans thing rolling, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. hey, what, what dormit- what, I got a question. What dormitory did you stay in? Oh, God, what was it called? I stayed in Dykstra Hall. Yeah, that's, that's where I stayed. Okay. Hey, I stayed in the dungeon, man. They had a brother down below. I stayed oh, in the dungeon at Dykstra Hall. Yeah. I, was on the, yeah. I was on the first floor. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right there. Get out of there. Yeah, go right down there to the vending machines in the front. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, right on, fellow Bruin. That's what I'm talking about, too. Yeah. Best seven okay. years of my life. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, yeah, it was good. We were, we were, we were. That was a good team too. That was one of the best teams I played. played uh-huh. with. That was fun. Yeah, because you know, you know, the athletic department is the nicest building on campus because that's where all the well, you know, they just yeah, put that new building up in there. Yeah, it really. Well, when I was, you know, I graduated there in '79. We, you know, we didn't even have a weight room. You know, and uh, yeah, '79. That was a long time ago. So you didn't have the athletic department then? Oh, the athletic department was there, but it was all in that one little building. It's just different. Matter of fact, our weight room, we used to use the weight room down below the uh, the coach's office where uh, the racquetball courts were. So, you know, now they have all these multi-million dollar things. So these guys are very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wait, who, was, who was the strength trainer when you were there? Do you remember? Or did we didn't have one. In that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ducky Drake, was he, was he taping ankles still? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The great legendary Ducky. Oh, yes. Yes, he was. He yeah. was. Yeah. No, that, that was that was good times. Yeah. Bob Alejo yes, was a strength trainer when we were there. Okay. Yeah, to, we didn't have one. Uh, he went on to work for the athletics, the A's, for a long time. He was a good dude. But how many kids you said you have two? Yeah, two boys, uh, 19 and 16. Oh, okay. So where are they as far as school? Where are they at? My older son just got accepted to a film school in, um, that's going to start in San Carlos. And then our younger son is here in town in Sebastopol at, uh, it's called Annalee High School. And they both played soccer. Actually, my older son got a scholarship to play um, in like kind of central, right? Like Kansas. Kansas. He got, he got a scholarship to play in Kansas and decided that he didn't want to take it uh, and stayed closer to home, which I think was um, a good decision. But um, especially in lieu of what especially happened, in lieu of what happened, because he would have just come home in February anyway, or March anyways. Um, so he's pursuing a different passion now, which we are 100% behind. And then our younger son plays with a club team here. He's he's very talented. And, uh, but their season is we don't know what's going to happen. We're all just yeah. you know, Oh, waiting to see their training but um you know we we should have been going to vegas and north carolina and yeah. dallas it we should have been all over this travel season. yeah yeah they won a big tournament uh last season and so they got invited to all these big big tournaments so that's kind of too bad yeah fun. but he had his mariah he had his first day of school today so oh with- yes 
so did my Lucas. He said his dad's right now. So, um, you know, I'll check in with him a little later about the, how the day went. But I think, we, is there anything else that you want people to know? Um, I'm not wearing pants. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's why the camera's just uh, shoulders up. Okay. <laughs> Karen, are you wearing pants? I'm wearing pants. Okay. I have pants on. Like maybe no top. No top. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even tell. It's true. It's like the meat cute, you know, when the guy gets the pajama top and then she yeah. takes Yeah. No, the only thing the only thing we can say, and it's not it's not self-supporting, but restaurants are on the hook right now. So if you guys want to support, we, yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah, it's not just us. It's everyone. I mean, unless unless the government steps in and does something really revolutionary to help us, independent restaurants are going to just, yeah. they're going to fold. So many of them. So many of yeah. them. It's going to really just be a tragedy. It's and maybe. And maybe it'll come around, you know, years from now. But Lucas and I are old. We don't have time, don't have time to wait for 10 years for everything to get back on, on track, you know? So, so we're going to really push to have our listeners and, and anyone else we know, our social media push to just get people to come in and order. And not just from you, from all of our small local restaurants. Yeah, it's, Everybody, like I said, it's, it takes it, a village, man. We're, yeah, it takes a village. And we're, we're speaking out for everybody. It's not just us. It's, yeah. Um, there's a lot of. If there's somewhere you love, yeah. go get go get some food Show from them there. some love. Yeah. Hashtag save the restaurants. Yeah. Seriously, right? Cash brown. Save Cash it. brown. <laughs> some French love. <laughs> some more. Hey. Some, yeah. Some bonjour. Come on, tell you who we. That's Cargill. That's the Stevie I don't. This oh, is yeah, Cargill. <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm looking forward to to to, to uh, visiting you guys so I can get get some of this delicious food. You know, I mean, we've enjoyed talking to you. You know, the conversation is awesome. I mean, you know, you're very talented in many, many, many ways, and you have your passion. That's what I like when people follow their passion. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's sometimes it's in situations like we're going through in this world. You know, if you're still passionate about something, even though it may not be the ideal situation, at least you have something to hold on to. Uh, you know I, what I mean? I feel bad for anyone in life that is not doing what they love. And that's my biggest yeah. concern for um, my kids. I want them, it's like, it doesn't matter what you do, find something you love. It's not about yeah. money, it's not about, you know. Hey, thanks guys for taking the time and sitting with us and chatting. Um, like I said, our social media will share links to K and L and just, just you know see if it can help at all. Hopefully, we we greatly appreciate you yeah. taking of us. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Go Bruins. Go, go Bruins. Bruin. That's right, baby. <laughs>Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We really hope you enjoyed the conversation with Karen and Lucas of KNL Bistro in Sebastopol. Seriously, to our local listeners, give a call and order something from their takeout menu. They've got an amazing burger, among, among other things. Not everything that they have is very good, but it's less about the food and more about supporting the people in our community and the, the small business owners. And we're grateful for Karen and Lucas for being so open on our program and sharing their story. What a wonderful story. Let's keep them open and keep small businesses and restaurants alive. And on that note, Jerry Robinson, 
I want to hear a little something from Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Okay. Well, from the mouth of Benjamin Franklin, justice will not be served until the unaffected are outraged as those who are affected. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the People Doing Good Podcast. We'll see you next time. The People Doing Good Podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of GoTo Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com. 